You have events to plan, but you have no idea where to start. Entire Productions creates in-person and virtual events for Fortune 500 companies and melts away all of the stress. It's better than getting a 90-minute massage. Go to entireproductions.com and give yourself a break. So it just got to that point where it's like, you know what? Leap in the net will appear. That's been my whole entire career, (laughs) basically, (laughs) is just taking radical risks and it's always paid off. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. If you'd like to know how to scale and grow your company and make more profit, sign up on my website at natashamiller.co to get on the waiting list for my Entrepreneurial Master's Accelerator program. Hi, this is Laura Messiah, entrepreneur, author, and personal stylist. I've been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Elle Magazine. You should check out the Fascinating Entrepreneur podcast if you want to discover the strategies of successful entrepreneurs. Today's guest has 83,000 subscribers and 10 million views on her YouTube channel, just exited her first company, and is doubling down on her own personal brand. In this episode, Lauren Messiah tells it like it is how she started, how she made the jump into her personal brand full-time, and talks about her new book, Style Therapy. Now let's get right into it. I think probably like most entrepreneurs, being unruly in a traditional (laughs) workplace, I mean, my journey has bounced all over the place from wanting to be a fashion designer. You know, I went to design school and realized that that career path is not very lucrative and not as glamorous as I thought. So then I literally started at the bottom from working retail to being an executive assistant at AOL. And then to get out of those not living the dream jobs, I started to work for startups. And seeing the contrast between working at a really large company, AOL, even though I was just an assistant, I was an assistant to some of the big executives. So you could see that it would take forever for an idea to turn into something. And then when I worked for startups and was like, oh my gosh, we can think of something and then make it something. And I'm like, wait, if I did this myself, I could just fast track that even more. So that kind of gave me the entrepreneurial bug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally, I went from doing celebrity styling and didn't really enjoy that and then transferred those skills into personal styling for women. And you have to start your own business. There's no job, at least at the time, that would hire you to go shopping for people. That was called working retail, which I already (laughs) did and didn't want to do again. So I was almost forced into it. And thankfully so. So a question that always comes up to me is, Were you born an entrepreneur or did you learn or can you learn to become one? And you kind of answered that, but did you think you had it in you working retail, 
before you saw the aha moment where you like, I'm going to be the owner of my own company? Not necessarily, but I think I always knew that I wanted to do something different. You know, I grew up in a suburb outside of DC and Virginia, and I never really fit in with anybody. Like at my school, I was the misfit weirdo. I mean, I had friends, but it was like, Warren's kind of weird. Did you go through a goth period ever? I did like punk, goth, (laughs) like I was a total chameleon. Mostly because I was like, can I find someone who I fit in with? <laughs> so I just tried on every every outfit. But I could never envision myself staying in my hometown and getting married and having kids and having Sunday dinner at my parents' house. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I literally could never see it. So I thought about like being on TV and writing books and just being out there. I didn't well, know you, you have been on TV and exactly. there is some book writing that we're going to get into. So, yeah. so you had an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. I didn't ever think, I think, cause I didn't see it, especially a, a young person, you know, at the time now entrepreneurship is much more in your face with social media, but I was a teenager in the nineties. Like we didn't have Instagram, you know? So I didn't really think it was an option. Uh, But one of my, my best friend's mom growing up, she was not an entrepreneur. She worked for a big company, but her spirit of like moving up and being successful and being a powerful working woman that also appealed to me. So I feel like all of the pieces were coming together to prepare me for entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's beautiful. So moving on, um, you are the current president of the Los Angeles chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization. You and I were in the chapter together. I unfortunately moved back to another chapter up in San Francisco, but I'd like to know how you found out about the organization at first when you were in the accelerator. Yeah. So one of my friends, her mentor is in EO, Kevin Roth. Yeah, everyone knows Kevin if you're in EO. And she was like, oh, you know, there's this great organization for entrepreneurs. And I looked at it. I was like, but wait, you have to make a million dollars and I'm nowhere close to a million dollars. She's like, no, no, no. There's an accelerator program. So I joined the accelerator program mostly because when you're an entrepreneur, I don't know if you feel this way, but you almost feel crazy. Like you're on your own crazy island. And I still feel that way every day, right? Like your normal (laughs) friends don't get it. Your family doesn't get it. And they don't really care either. (laughs) No, it was mostly like, why are you working so hard? Why are you, why don't you just come hang out? It's like, no, this is me. This is my DNA, this entrepreneurship thing. So I joined Accelerator and it was amazing. I mean, it helped me grow my business from 350000 to a million dollars in about two and a half years. And that was School of Style? Yes, that was School of Style. And I mean, it was just great to speak to people, even though they weren't in my same industry. We all had the same problems. <laughs> and there was that motivation and encouragement to grow. So then when I graduated and joined EO, 
I was thrust into service. They're like, you gotta be on the board. I'm like, me on the board? <laughs> so I was the communications chair for a couple of years, the learning chair. And then they asked me to be president. I'm like, me, are you sure? <laughs> oh, I know they're sure, Lauren, because I met you two or three years ago and there was no question in my mind that you were absolutely you know, able to do that and would do it well, which leads me to my next question about the experience of being the president of the LA chapter. So multi-pronged, <laughs> what's the experience of having to do it during the pandemic, but also how have you experienced these um, roles in growth and development? How meaningful has that been being on those different committees and chairs? Yeah, you know what? It's been great. And I would honestly say that being the president has been the best role, most terrifying leading into the role. I'm like, why did I say yes to this? Oh my gosh. Is there, is there an escape route? How do I get out of this? Right. Was it imposter syndrome a bit? A little bit and just overwhelm. I mean, I had two businesses at the time and it just seemed like, how am I going to fit this other thing in and how am I going to do a good job? And yeah, there's people that have been in EO much longer that have much bigger businesses. So it was a little like, is there a way out of this? But I, <laughs> there's, there's, no one would have allowed that to happen. Right, right. Like there's always a way, but it just wasn't an option for me. So I went forward, but it's been so rewarding in terms of growth, personal growth because you're leading leaders, you're leading a board. I think I have, I have 25 people on my board and they're all entrepreneurs and they're all type A. So trying to lead that group, you're bound to grow and learn. So I would I, be I would be very nervous personally to be president of that chapter. That chapter specifically is very powerful very together, very forward thinking, very successful, very verbal. <laughs> yeah. Not to scare you, you're halfway through your term, so you got right. it. But. but it helped me settle into my leadership style and myself. And I feel like coupled with the pandemic, the pandemic has given us all an opportunity to sit with ourselves, which I'm a very introspective person. I'm super woo-woo. I love to journal. I love to meditate. <laughs> so realizing in the grand scheme of things that this is still just small potatoes. So yeah. it helped me just let go of things. It's like all of these people are volunteers who are volunteering their time during a pandemic. Yeah. I so asked specifically, I, I wanted to know your vantage point, but also wanted our listeners to know what the value is to be on these boards. There's a lot of ego that happens in there. I know that I'm very proud and it is definitely an ego inflate to be on the boards of these high, highly regarded organizations. But beyond that, I wanted people to understand why the opportunity is so important. You get to learn. It's like, again, running, not running, but <laughs> overseeing all of these entrepreneurs, it's like running a business in a way, mm -hmm. but there's no stakes there. Like you're not going to lose a bunch of money. It's Nothing. like playing Monopoly. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> like working a skill, you know, you can test things, you can try things. So 
I've become a better entrepreneur because of that service. And it's funny for me, I've never taken like an ego standpoint to the board. Probably I should a little bit, you know, I've seen people on the board that have leveraged the positioning and opportunity. But for me, I just love being of service of a chapter that's given me so much. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel good. The benefit is giving back and practicing my leadership skills on a whole new level because my business is very small. You know, I don't have a lot of employees. I work yes. from home. You know, I it is my goal to like never have employees. <laughs> I, I understand why I understand, yeah. but maybe you could, you know, as an introvert, you're talking to a fellow introvert and you probably know that about me because we've, you know, we know each other, but because I'm outgoing in person does not equal, I'm not an introvert. Oh yeah. No, totally right. true. I mean, I have, I have amazing contractors, you know, I've set up a business in a way that makes me love and enjoy my life. You know, I don't have a vision of having a building with my name on it with, you know, floors <laughs> of people working. I'm like, I'm good. But I am a leader in my business for all of my clients and my community and my social following. So to be able to practice leadership skills on such a high level, yeah, serving on the board and learning how to get along with different personalities and letting things go and pushing for things, it definitely transfers. So yeah. I think that's a huge gift um, for anyone that's willing to serve no matter what position it is. Yep. Agree. Um, I would love to know, I just saw that you recently exited your first um, major uh, entrepreneurial endeavor, School of Style, to focus on your own brand. Lay it on us. What is going on? That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yes. It's something that is had been on my mind for a while because it's difficult to juggle. I mean, I give mad props to people that are like, I have 20 businesses. <laughs> Me, my brain is like tug of war constantly. And I really love what I do in my personal brand to help women find their confidence and their style and, you know, be change makers in the world that I'd always feel tugged but I got to work on this. And it made my passion feel like a side hustle. Mm. So it just got to that point where it's like, you know what? Leap in the net will appear. That's been my whole entire career, <laughs> basically, <laughs> is just taking radical risks. And it's always paid off. So the fact that I also did it during a pandemic was like, what am I thinking? <laughs> But were you planning for this prior to the pandemic happening? It had been on my mind. Yes. And it was like, you know what, after this thing happens then, and it was just never coming because there's always something new that you think of when you're an entrepreneur, there is no wrapping it up in a nice bow. So I was like, you know what, we're doing it. So tell us about the new endeavor. What does what does it include? Even if it's the things that you were doing in tandem, uh, for people that are just meeting you now, what are the different opportunities to work with you? Right. So, you know, I started my career as a personal stylist, one-on-one. I worked with really amazing, powerful women in Hollywood, shopping for them, putting together their outfits, 
watching them be like, oh, I feel so good about myself, letting them go and then coming back when they need more clothes. So over the years of working with women in that capacity, I would help them see themselves differently and level up. So I applied those same principles to myself. When I started my entrepreneurial journey, I needed a freaking makeover because nobody was taking me seriously because I looked like a little kid. <laughs> you so, were a little kid? I mean, weren't you young when you started? I was 20, 28. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I was dressing like a 22-year-old. Oh, okay. Girl. So, <laughs> but when I went through, took myself through that process, coupled with all of the work that I've been doing over the past 12 years to just make myself a better human, I'm like, I could have a much more, I could have a bigger impact if I combine those two things, style, personal development, and got to work with more women being online instead of running around the mall in Los Angeles. So that's when I transitioned to an online business, doing courses, memberships, books, videos, TV opportunities. So all of that has been running in the background the whole time I had the other company, but now that is a lot. Oh, it's a ton. So now it's just go time, focus on what I'm doing. Um, my big focus now is growing my membership style confidence collective. And there's just amazing women inside of that group. Yeah. Your before and after stories and pictures are amazing. And I remember, um, my best friend from Des Moines, Iowa was like, you know, Lauren Messiah. I'm like, yeah, I know Lauren. She's like, Oh my God. She was in one of your challenges and she's a beautiful portrait artist. She, um, has this big thing about photographing people that are, um, over 50 and she just got giddy. And it was like, as if, well, I mean, you are a celebrity, but you know, she lives in Des Moines, Iowa. There's not very much access to celebrities there. So that was really adorable. And she just loved going through that challenge with you. Yeah, I love doing free challenges. Um, I've got one coming up early next year that's going to be super fun. But I just love getting women together and giving them a safe space to just be themselves. There's so much pressure on social media and conditioning from society that we have to be one extreme or the other. It's true. You know, I don't think you're going to remember this, but when I first met you, um, I was introduced to you and someone said, oh, Lauren, she's a you know per- personal stylist. And I remember everything in my body going, oh, geez. <laughs> and the first thing I said to you was something like, oh, you know, like I started making excuses for my style and you were so great. You were like, no, you've got cute shoes on. You got a great bag. Like you look adorable. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I could have probably, it's a little too soon for tips in that moment, but (laughs) I could have taken some tips. Do you want to wow your best clients, build a stronger, longer lasting, and more profitable relationship? Do you have a trade show or summit that you need branded promo items to leave your mark? Entire Productions Marketing has the most beautifully curated items at various price points, and we don't make you click through thousands of ugly thumbnail images. Go to entireproductionsmarketing.com. So I would love for you to tell us about this new book, Style Therapy. 
Yes. Yes. Style therapy. This is a great, I feel, entrepreneurial tale because I've always wanted to write a book. I've always, you know, had visions of walking into, you know, a bookstore or a retailer and being like, that's my book. So <laughs> as any entrepreneur would do, I just took matters into my own hands and I had self-published a book called The Style Solution. It was yep. a workbook. I sold it on my website. You didn't have like stickers and like you, you yeah. with pens and cool stuff like that. Exactly. First, it was a digital book. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to spend the money and make a physical book. I mailed them out myself, cute pens, stickers, the <laughs> whole bit. And through an EO connection, I got introduced to a literary agent. And she's like, oh my gosh, I saw the book. It looks amazing. She's like, can you overnight me a bunch of copies of the book? And I'm like, wow. going to FedEx now. So I overnighted like seven or eight books, you know, whatever I had left in my closet. <laughs> and she pitched it. And within a month or so, I had a book deal. And they- Who are you getting published with? Abrams. Abrams. And when will it come out? It comes out April 27th. So yes, there's like two seasons in publishing, right? And it's like exhausting and to wait, but I'm sure there's some editing. It was supposed to come out. The book is like done. It's designed. It's ready. It's been ready. It was supposed to come out in September, 2020. And then it got pushed back, you know, good reasons that I won't get into, but all positive. And then the pandemic hit, you're like, okay, this is really good timing now that it's yeah. delayed, but you can pre-order it um, on my website. There's a tab in the navigation for book. Great. Pre-order it. We'll but link it to all of that. But my burning question now is, does it come with stickers? This one doesn't, but it's beautiful. So this is fun. Originally, they were just going to repackage, you know, the self-published book and, you know, publish it but they had seen my challenges that your friend loved in my YouTube content. They're like, could you combine some of that motivational stuff yes. that you like with the workbook? So it's a book that combines my story, you know, my style therapy journey from childhood to today with client stories. And every day is an actionable something for you to do. It's 30 days to your signature style. So you write in the book, you get your markers out, you color in the book, you can get your own stickers and G it up all fancy, but it looks beautiful. When I met with the publisher in New York for the first time, I don't know, I expected it to be like a black and white book with fill in the blank. And I'm like, this is like full color. Wow. Beautiful. You have <laughs> so images of past clients. There's, there's images of me, there's illustrations in there of clothing and things. I don't have any pictures of past clients, although maybe for book number two, which is Yeah. Already... Oh my gosh. You're a media mogul now. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. So um, I'm going to be buying the book. I will pre-order now because I know that's, it's important to just get support, right? Support from your fellow entrepreneurs, friends, people in the industry. And so I'm recently looking for what successful or intriguing or fascinating entrepreneurs are doing 
to implement a strategy that you'll double down on to grow your business? And since we're coming up to the new year, is there one strategy that you can share with us that you're going to double down on, nail in order to, you know, have your business scale and grow to the place you want it to go to? Yeah. So I think I'll give one more woo and I'll give one more practical. So on the woo scale, I'm definitely doubling down on community. You know, the moment that lockdown started in March, I immediately went to what do my clients need right now? What does everybody need right now? They need connection. They need community. They're bored. You can't push the same messaging to say, put on your ball gown, to sit at <laughs> home in your house. Like most personal stylists, and they, you know, they reach out to me on Instagram, Lauren, help. What do I do with my business? Nobody wants to get dressed. I'm like, girl, pivot, figure it out. So I really switched to like a community-based strategy where we'd have, I have a book club in my membership. So every month we read a book and, you know, we talk about it in the comments. I'm like, all right, wait, we're going to put this on Zoom. So we're all hanging out. And then I did these Zoom styling parties where I'm like, everybody bring their necklaces and I'm going to teach you how to layer necklaces. And we're going to hang out. We're going to talk. And it was just what everybody needed. And everyone's like, this saved me. And then you can get deeper into what your customers really want. And a lot of my customers are introverts. They're, you know, lonely. They're, they're not prepared to get out of their shell. So I'm like, this is giving them something that they didn't know they needed, that they really need. And that helps them become stickier in my community where they're mm-hmm. not leaving. They love it here. Their friends are here. So I'm really doubling down on that. So all in on the membership, all in on the challenges, I want to connect people. So my product isn't just like, well, I figured out style, I'm good. Or like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need this. This is like home. This is family. So that's the woo. The more strategic is I'm going back to how I really grew my business, which was YouTube. Mm. That is how. I grew my business. You have a massive channel. I was, I've been on it before. Clearly, I know a lot about you that probably you're surprised at. But um, today I looked at it again and I was like, oh my God, there's layer and layer and layer and playlists and such great information. What are you going to do? A new show or a new five new shows? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like when I started my YouTube channel, I was just looking to kind of grow my email list, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have an email list, it's kind of hard to have a business these days. Now, text messaging is the jam. Have Are you on community yet? Not yet, but I need to. Gary Maybe. V told me about it. Just right? you know, just a name yeah. drop. Maybe I should add, I'll add that to my, to my <laughs> list. But I just focused on making content that people would be searching for. So mm-hmm. it was super simple stuff. How to wear a white t-shirt, what to wear to a funeral, uh, how to try on pants without actually trying them on, like weird, simple stuff. How do you do that? By the way, I'm just kidding. We'll have to look on YouTube, but you hold the pants and you hold them around your neck. If they touch in the back, they're going to fit around your waist. Yes. 
mind blown. Right. Yeah. Is that like saying from fingertip to fingertip, that's how tall you are? Ooh, yeah, I guess it is. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's supposed to be it. Right. So that's how I really started to grow. And then I shifted strategy a bit and I really wanted people to know me. So once I got a big enough following on YouTube, the videos became a little bit deeper and more personal and about topics that weren't necessarily search friendly, but they were friendly friendly. So people would be like, you know what? I want to buy from that chick. So now I want to grow my audience more and I'm always about organic growth. Mm. So I'm going to be doubling down on YouTube strategy to get, you know, more eyes and then just kind of repeat that same thing. Like Amazing. And most of this will you do on your own? Um, so, or will you have someone that you're going to hire, not talking about video crew or hair and makeup or lighting, but will you do the implementation of your YouTube by yourself? Or do you have someone like working on that with you? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Number two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right now, I'll be doing it by myself. It's been uh, an epic hunt. Maybe someone listening will be the person that I'm looking for, but it's been a, a massive hunt to get a creative, like a content creator mm. who also gets the mission. So yes. that's the thing with me, and maybe it's me being stubborn or just I really love my craft, is I don't like doing gimmicky stuff just for traffic. So, you know, on Instagram, they're like, oh, well, you can grow your following if you do like outfit videos of what you're wearing. I'm like, I'm not doing that. People don't care. People don't care what I'm wearing. You're not (laughs) going to do dancing around on TikTok or reels? No, I'm still trying to figure out how I can do reels where I won't want to poke my eyes out because they're just, I don't want to. You don't want to point at various. It's right. This has got to go, Lauren. It's got to go. It's got to go. So those are the things that I just won't compromise. Like my brand integrity, my own integrity, my real OG LM followers, they'd be like, what are you doing? So I (laughs) sacrifice like a little bit of like slower growth or not having help until I find the perfect help. Like my community manager, she's amazing took me forever to find her because I'd get, you know, gimmicky people. I'm like, I'm just going to do it myself. (laughs) Yes. So I would love to know, I saw when I was taking Amy Porterfield's DCA course, they highlighted you as one of the chosen ones of success. So when you started School of Style, it was a course. Did you do that on your own and then come into Amy Porterfield later How did that process of learning how to do education, digital courses happen for you? Right. So School of Style was originally an in-person experience. 
We held classes at Smashbox Studios, at Pier 59 in New York, and it was a massive production. So we did that and I was getting tired. I was getting tired of setting up sound equipment and lugging things and event <laughs> planners and caterers. I'm like, this is annoying. So I had started to listen to Amy's podcast. I was like, man, I really think we should do like digital courses. And when and was I, this? This was 2015. Okay. Yeah. 2015, I think. 2016, probably 15. But I couldn't convince my business partner for School of Style to get on board with online classes. Yep. But I really wanted to try it. So I created my first digital product for my business, for the Laura Messiah brand. So I took my in-person styling techniques and was like, I don't want to do this in person either. I don't want to run to the mall and be, you know, 40 years old and like lugging garment bags. So I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to make my styling process an online course. So I used myself as kind of a test dummy and launched and did pretty well on my first launch. My partner's like, okay, let's try this for the school. So <laughs> then we did it for School of Style and it was a runaway hit for School of Style, like runaway hit. And how much did it grow that business uh, to go to a digital format? Oh my gosh, Cra crazy, crazy amount. I mean, we were going from, you know, in the early days of School of Style, you know, bringing in 350K a year and our first launch for the digital course, we made 126,000 in like five days. So I'm like, and no, overhead. <laughs> <laughs> like hmm. once you put school of style on digital, was it digital only, or did you do some in person? So we did for quite a few years. So yeah, 2015, 2016 is when I tested it myself. Then we moved over to school of style so we had about a year and a half, two years of having both in-person and digital. So digital was kind of the down sell. If you wanted in-person, our classes were like five grand to come in person, but they were in LA and New York. They'd have to fly. So it's like, oh, you can't afford this? Buy this $2,000 course instead. And then in 2018, we were like done. We were done with the travel. We were done, done, done. So we switched to a hundred percent online model in 2018 and thank God, especially now when everything's digital, we just got to kick back and didn't have to scramble to turn our business into an online business. Right. And so now you have all these tools and all the know-how to continue with your own brand on the back of everything else that you were doing. It's, it's a, it's a great trajectory story. And you didn't know necessarily where you were going, but all these experiences, it sounds like, have led you to now this aha moment of you're owning it completely. It's all your ideas. It's all your work. And it's really flourishing and coming to fruition. Oh, yeah. Anytime I dip my toe into doing something like in person again, I'm like, okay, one more, you know, styling client or like, oh, one more workshop. It's like, no. Online's where it's at. So um, you've had quite a bit of success, like a lot of success. But as any person that is living and breathing, there's got to be losses. So 
Um, I should have asked you this last night to give you some time, but I'll just give you some time. Is there something that has happened in business that was like a mistake or you're like, oh, why did I do that? And then what did you learn from it? I feel like maybe it's just me. Maybe other entrepreneurs can relate, but it's that my business is such a labor of love. So I've done so many things myself and you hear and you learn like, well, if you want to scale, if you want to do this, like you got to bring people and stay in your zone of genius, all good advice. But I've definitely put trust in others when it wasn't time. So I was in total panic mode, I guess last year. Yeah, last year, because I was considering wrapping up my time at School of Style, but I was too afraid to just do the leap that I did this year. So I'm like, all right, I got to like hurry up and get my revenue up for my other brand. And I want to get that to EO business, you know, within nine months. And I hired the heck out of people, quote unquote, experts at branding and marketing and funnels. And it's like, no risk, no reward, 50 grand here, 30 grand oh, here. I mean, oh. just talk about loss. Yeah, loss of money. Were those so, contractors or employees? Contractors. But still, that's yeah. a lot of dough going out the door. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's those frustrating moments. I mean, you look back and you learn. It helped me learn to trust myself, trust my gut, and really get what I stand for down so nobody can take you on a ride. Because when you've got these experts, all well-intentioned, I'm sure very good for some people, they want to throw at you the industry jargon of like, no, 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 no. Nobody's going to buy X, Y, Z. They only want to buy this. I'm like, but, but this is, you know, my thing. No, no, no. Trust me and the algorithm and this and that. And it's like, <laughs> money gone. And then they'll use you as a success story. I can't even tell you. <laughs> Google my name and there's websites that are like, oh yeah, we helped Lauren go from this to this. I'm like, oh, please. Like, you, <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, this reminds me a little bit of a, a podcast I was listening to um, on how I built this with Sarah Blakely. And, um, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Sarah, I just thought you were going to sell those to friends or give those to friends and family as Christmas gifts. Nobody's going to buy that. And then everybody that, you know, is part of that success story now wants to say, well, I was the first to. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel I was talking about this to some of my clients this morning on a Zoom of like, when you just know, you know, and it's worth the wait for the growth and it's worth the pain and the lessons. It's like that fine line between stubborn and no, I know, like, I know I'm onto something combining like self-help and style. Yeah. I know that going deeper and embodying it and being okay with looking good is a thing. And you've got all these experts that are like, no, little girl, it's not a thing. Like you need to sell style. You need to stay in your lane. We're going to position you as this. And you're like, well, maybe they have a point. They are the expert in X, Y, Z. Well, you your- do have proof of concept and now you have success. 
So if anyone comes to you, I, I guess I'm going to speak for you in addition to what you just said. If someone comes to you and says, you know what, Lauren, that is not going to work. Just take it from me. Don't do it. You're going to know, yeah, we're doing it. Exactly. And I feel like learning from those mistakes, sometimes you need to be hit over the head with like, wow, I lost 50 grand. Cool. Won't make that mistake again. But gaining confidence. And that's so much what I teach women inside of my programs. Like, yeah, I want you to look and embody the part of a confident woman, but I also want you to be confident and believe in what you do because now, you know, cut to a year later after all these experts were telling me what to do. It's like, yeah, my concept does work. It's a, it's a book and you know, there's <laughs> other magical things happening in the background right now too. Like I'm on to something, kids. Just how Sarah Blakely is was very much on to something. I mean, hello. Yes, and Sarah Blakely her. now, I just have to say, um, has a gym, has a basketball court in her house. I follow her on Instagram and I'm just mesmerized by her wacky, crazy life. Anyway, right? more about you. So before we end, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't covered that you want listeners to know about you, about your new endeavor? I'm going to say new endeavor. It's new because you're putting a hundred percent of your time and effort into it. No, I would just say to anybody listening that is interested in being an entrepreneur, that it's not, it's a long game. You know, all of the overnight success stories that you see and everybody makes it look so easy on Instagram and it's the same tips and tricks and hustle. Stay true to your vision and find a couple of people that you trust to kind of be your mentors, whether you've met them or not. So with Amy Porterfield, for example, there's a million people that teach course creation and list building, but I can hear it from her and I trust her and I like her and she's now a friend. That's where I'm sticking, right? Like I'm sticking to my vision. I'm sticking to those experts and those fellow entrepreneurs that I trust and trusting that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> there's no like overnight quick fix. I'm an entrepreneur and now I make, you know, millions of dollars. Like, no, hang in there. It works out and it's pretty fun too. I loved the time I got to spend with Lauren. She jumps right into the deep end and figures it out, is passionate about building a community of women and has an extremely exciting future ahead of her. For more information, go to laurenmessiah.com. That's lauren, M-E-S-S-I-A-H.com. And visit the show notes for this episode. For more information about me, go to my website, natashamiller.co. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.